Back at it, and this time we've got a real-life ninja warrior on the show, Leif Sunberg, in a bit. But before I do, I want to recognize the team at Bradshaw and Bryant, who are the ones who make this podcast possible, frankly. And so we'll get to all the ninja craziness in just a bit. But first, a great partner of the Perkett Pod podcast. It is Mike Bryant in the studio with me right now from Bradshaw and Bryant. How are things going? You've been a busy man lately. It's been, lots been going on. Uh, and and a lot of TV appearances as well. I mean, you've been really kind of getting the word out um, in a lot of ways, but also really just lending your expertise to so many people because you're you're a pretty bright guy. Well, people have a lot of questions, and it's it's like when a client calls, you want to make sure you get them the right information so that they can make the right decision on what they want to do. And that's justice for the injured is basically the tagline, right? You believe wholeheartedly in that. Absolutely. You want to make sure they understand their rights. You want to make sure that they understand what coverages they have, and you want to make sure they get protected as best they can. And what I like about you and and the way you present yourself uh, publicly is you really genuinely, I get the sense that you love your job. Yeah, usually, <laughs> you know, like anything else, like anything, right? <laughs> no, but I mean, there's a deep passion within you to to, to help people. Well, you want to be able to give them the answers that they need. People are looking for help. They're looking for expertise. They're looking for the right answers as best you can. You want to try to give them that if you can. And so what if, if somebody is injured or somebody does need help, what do they do? They call our office. They check the website with minnesotapersonalinjury.com or they call 800-770-7008. Mike Bryant, thanks so much for being a partner of Perkett Pod. Perkett Pod, sometimes he's at play. Perkett Pod, find out what he'll say. Perkett Pod, who's coming on today? Perkett Pod. Yeah, yeah. Thanks to my guy Taylor Robert for that amazing theme song, The Taylor Robert on Instagram. My guest's Insta account is Leif Sunberg. On the NBC Smash Summer hit, he goes by the Swedish Ninja, which brings me to... Random Ranks. This time on Random Ranks, I'm listing the top 11 things that I'm thankful for Sweden for giving us. (laughs) Jeez, this is going to get me in trouble. No, I'm just kidding. Number 11, Annika Sorenstam, right? Legend. She she designed the, the Royal Golf Club out in Lake Elmo. Number 10, Dolph Lundgren. Thank you, Rocky, for my goodness. Number 9... Swedish meatballs. Truly phenomenal. Number eight, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Yes, the great soccer star. Number seven, the American Swedish Institute in Minneapolis. Phenomenal. Uh, Number six, ABBA. Dancing queen. Fernando. (laughs) Number five, Bjorn Borg. My goodness, him and Connors and McEnroe. Jeez. Number four, Volvos, very safe car. Number three, Roxette, you got the look. Number two, Spotify, actually actually made by somebody in Sweden. And number one, of course, you know I was going to say this, Swedish Fish, thank you very much. I ran into Leif Sundberg several years back. 
when the ninja sports scene was just starting to blow up, he has found his foothold in this sensational sport and will actually be marking his fourth appearance on the Smash Summer hit show on NBC. And his episode is going to air in just a few days. I caught up with Sunberg from his Minnesota home to talk about this unique sport and just what it takes to be on the show and what it involves when you do make the cut. Here's our conversation. Leif Sundberg, thank you so much for joining us on Perkin Pod. I'm excited to have you because I just think <laughs> that, that what you do is, is not only super compelling, but it's also like crazy unique. And, and I think that uh, the athleticism involved is staggering. I'm, I, okay, so, so <laughs> let's start from the, from the top, I guess. Yep. You must have been an athlete before American Ninja Warrior or Ninja Training came around. Right, exactly. Well, yeah, Perk, thanks for having me on the, the, the podcast. And yeah, so I am a competitor on the show, American Ninja Warrior, um, a very niche sport out there, but it is growing in popularity. And prior to my ninja experience, yeah, I did baseball and soccer um, in high school. And then I did play collegiate soccer for four years at Bethel University. And it was probably a couple years after I started my uh, journey with Ninja Warrior. So you were a really good athlete, not just, well, like I don't want to say really good, but I mean, like I, you know, better than the average Joe, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, and you were, a, I mean, if you're, a, if you're a college goalie yeah. or a college, any kind of athlete, mm -hmm. student athlete, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty darn big the, deal. The, the, the foundation was there. Um, yeah. you know, I guess in college, I never thought or dreamed I would be competing on Ninja Warrior. Um, but, you know, again, the the foundation and the drive, you know, it was there. And I, I did get that, you know, probably more so from my mom, who was an athlete and a runner and um, kind of instilled that work ethic into me. Yeah. And then where did you grow up? Is it Was it Lakeville or are you? Yeah, so I grew up in um, Matamidi and then... Um, Went to school in Bethel University in Arden Hills there, and I spent some time in Rochester, and then right now I am uh, in Lakeville. And, and where did I first meet you? Where where were we? Where like was <laughs> so that... you you won't you won't remember this? The no, first I will time remember it, but like no. oh oh, was it prior to it was, when pr I it was prior? Yes. Yeah. So oh, I actually okay. met you at the state fair one year. Um, I think I was in high school. I was wearing my my high school always has this big badminton tournament. And you recognize my badminton shirt. And we talked badminton for a little bit, actually, at the State <laughs> Fair, funny enough. Um, but after that, you, uh, we met at a Ninja Warrior gym in which yeah, you did yeah. a perk at play segment yeah. at a uh, gym in Buffalo. And it you was got in to, Buffalo. Uh, okay, I was trying to remember what, what town. Yep, so at. small, small town Buffalo. And that was actually the first Ninja Warrior gym in Minnesota, funny enough. Um, just at some guy's barn, if you remember that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah just Mr. tucked away barn. back there, but oh, it was yeah. just a very unique, very unique venue. Um, and it had all the Ninja Warrior obstacles that, you know, that a lot of us were dying to have because there wasn't in anything in Minnesota for the longest time. But at that time, it was already an established show on NBC. Am I right? It was. Maybe. Yeah. So that probably was around season seven. Um, and, you know, the season is going into its uh, 13th season right now. Seasons one through four was actually on a little station called G4, if yep. you uh, have heard of that. And then it transitioned to NBC and be kind of became its uh, big its own thing. It's just a monster hit for for NBC in the summer, and it has mm -hmm. been. It's why they keep going back to that well. And and mm -hmm. it's it's there's you know I think what the show does so well, Leaf, is like develop the character backstories and really kind of right. fl flesh 
flesh out the personalities that are involved exactly. in this because it makes you more invested, obviously, in who's competing and mm -hmm. who's taking part in this stuff. And it, it's just like you you end up having people that you root for. I mean, there's the, you know, right. and, and there's I would imagine well before we get into the yeah. show, right? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, so like how did you what were you doing out of college then to, to kind of keep active and, and stay in shape? And, and I mean, because if you're yeah. driving to from the South Metro to go to Buffalo, Minnesota, to just hit a ninja, it was gym, a long drive. Right. I mean, that's, and that's, that's some dedication alone, but like, yeah. what, what, what were you doing to stay in shape and you know, keep fit? So uh, right after college, um, I spent some time in Rochester at the Mayo Clinic uh, School of Health Sciences, and then ended up getting a job in Owatonna, Minnesota. And I was living by myself and, I had always enjoyed the show of Ninja Warrior and never really thought I could necessarily aspire to it just because I always assumed they were like these elite athletes that, you know, were um, training, you know, all day long. And then I see their occupations and they're like, they're doctors, they're nurses, you know, they're social workers, they're just everyday people. And they kind of had this realization that, hey, that could be me. And um, there wasn't anything in Minnesota to train on. So I ended up training at an anytime fitness in Owatonna. Um, and I would, you know, work on my grip strength by putting towels over pull-up bars. I would do all these really weird things. And I got a lot of weird looks in the gym from people just passing by, like, what the heck is that guy doing? And ended up having the manager come to me and just say, hey, man, you know, you're kind of making a, uh, a fuss here at the gym. What are you training for? And he's like, I'm training for Ninja Warrior. And he just thought that was the coolest thing. And I think it was after my third time competing, he actually found my number in the registry and gave me a call just to congratulate me. Um, to say like, hey, you, you know, you've come so far from the the humble beginnings at the Owatonna Anytime Fitness to uh, NBC. So that was really special to get that call from him. <laughs> I remember you back in the day. Yeah, um, exactly. Um, so, so then, so then, like you, you, you see it on TV. Mm -hmm. you, you see these guys that you think they're elite athletes. Oh, by the way, they are elite athletes. Yeah. Leave, <laughs> as, yeah, as yeah. I'm sure right, you right, learned. Right. Um, and and uh, they may have a day job, but golly, what they're doing and what you all are doing is just is just jaw dropping, impressive. Um, so then, like, how do you train? So you 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 see all the different, you know, the the salmon ladder and all these mm -hmm. things that they're doing, the warp wall, and mm -hmm. it's just like, how do I even begin to train for this? I mean, I can do some parkour maybe, right. or what? Like right. what? Like how? What is you know? I can so, I can wrap towels around. <laughs> Pull up bar, <laughs> pull up bar like, and do pull ups on the towels to yeah. work on the grip strength. And so, like, um, the, the, the ninja movement kind of boomed, yeah. though. I mean, people realize, <laughs> okay, this is a thing, and right. we, we can create gyms, especially surrounding mm -hmm. this. I mean, right. And like I mentioned, you know, that that first gym in Buffalo um, evolved into now in the metro, we probably have about 10 to 15 Ninja Warrior gyms. You know, the Minneapolis St. Paul area is one of the larger Ninja Warrior hubs in the United States. And um, there are, you know, Ninja Warrior specific gyms in which they have obstacles from the show. They have their own obstacles that you can train on. And to be a good Ninja Warrior, you know, you really need to be a multifaceted athlete because it evolves so much. You know, it's upper body strength, it's grip strength, it's balance, it's, you know, the parkour ability it's, you know, agility. Um, and so the training itself is very diverse. You know, I do rock climbing, I do um, strength training, I train at a Ninja Warrior gym, and I just try to, um, you know, keep a, a healthy blend of um, all areas that Ninja Warrior um, is involved with to, you know, try to be the best athlete I can be. And at the same time, um, not get any, you know, overuse injuries by doing the same thing too much. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, the diversity totally makes sense in in keeping because it is it's just such an entire body right I can't, and like if you 
Yeah. If you Go think ahead, of it no, like um, the, you know, like the three sport athletes, you know, those are the best athletes. And now we're finding that the specialized athletes are having these, you know, injuries and not quite doing as well. And so again, you know, it's just uh, having a healthy blend of everything. Yeah, no doubt. And, and, but like, you know, you talk about 10 to 15 gyms in the twin cities alone, mm-hmm. um, popping up of, of this ninja style training it, it, you know, all those people aren't competing on NBC and, or even have aspirations to compete right. on, at that level. Um, but there's, so there's clearly something to that style of training or that discipline that mm-hmm. people are flocking to, D- despite the you know the you know the starry eyes of being on television right mm-hmm. i mean there's it's yep. it's clearly working i mean there's something to it right exactly and i think the biggest thing is it's just a lot of fun you know you're playing on an adult playground and you're getting this great workout and so all the gyms will have adult classes but i think even bigger than the adult classes are the youth classes. It is huge with kids because we have these kids coming in who are great athletes, but they may not like organized sports like football or soccer, um, but they're able to be competitive in something that they're very passionate about. And I will say these kids, these middle schoolers, early high schoolers, they are strong. We've got a couple of girls in our gym who freshmen, sophomores, um, they can do like 30 pull-ups, which is absurd. And at my, when I was a high schooler, man, I, did not have that work ethic. I was not in that shape. So it's really good to see the, the younger generation um, have this uh, uh, drive to, you know, excel in something. And that's what, that's what it, that's what makes it so appealing also mm-hmm. is that it does, you know, it's not just a male sport. It's not just a female sport. It's just anybody that can, mm-hmm. well, not anybody can do this, but, but you know what I'm <laughs> yeah, saying yeah. It, it, it is, it is accessible. And like, yeah. you know, one of the, I remember that night we were in Buffalo at the, at the Ninja gym of Mr. Hogan. And, and it was just like that, that one woman that was there was yeah. insane. Gen- like, Jennifer, Ta- Jennifer Tavernier. And she's kind of gone, um, on uh, or she's uh moved on from ninja warrior unfortunately has had a, a couple micro uh, uh concussions um that just kind of um just kind of took a toll on her and she's still extremely fit just not doing a whole lot of ninja stuff but um with that being said there are many strong female ninjas um on the show and in minnesota as well and you know it's a sport in which you know there isn't a male division there isn't a female division everyone is on the same playing field and i think that um really caters to a, a viewing audience Back with more conversation from the Swedish Ninja coming up on Perkett Pod. But first, I've got Sean Bernard here in the studio with me from Edina Realty, such a great partner of Perkett Pod. Couldn't do it without you, Sean. How is the real estate business? I would imagine with winter over, it's jamming again. It is, and you know, it kind of jammed even at the end of winter. People are were really wanting to buy and sell. It, lately, it's been a lot of my friends whose parents are kind of moving on to that next chapter of their life. And I'm helping them sell mom and dad's home. So, you know, a lot of guys our age, I think we're not too far off. Our parents are tending to downsize and kind of moving into that condo, that townhouse, that sort of thing. So if you know somebody who's looking to buy or sell, 612-859-2594. And I also want to mention, you're actually helping out the the, the local music community as well with, with your work. Yeah, I'm a huge sports fan, as you know, but I also uh, love seeing live music. And a lot of these artists and bands... It's been a really challenging year this year. So a portion of every sale on the buy side or the sell side uh, is going to a local artist or band of the choosing of the, the buyer or the seller. Sean Bernard of Dine Realty, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. And if you're listening to this podcast and you love music, I got a great podcast for you to listen to. It's The Brian Oak Show. Give that a listen anywhere you find your podcasts. 
perk and pine. Yeah, yeah. How did the audition process go and what was that all like? Can you speak to that? And yeah, or, so I can kind or, of fill or, you in and then if you have like any NDAs involved here that yes, we can't. If talk you have any about. listeners that uh, would like to uh, apply one day uh, to the show, um, you know, first and foremost, it is in an entertainment show. They don't necessarily pick the top athletes in the nation. They pick the people that would be most entertaining. A lot of time, those are the most fit as well. And so it's a big questionnaire. You fill out your background. What makes you special? They're just kind of looking for your special sauce that uh, makes you stand up from others. And then along with that, you send a three minute application video. And it's okay. also difficult to, to fit what you're all about in three minutes, you know, you have to make it very you know, short and concise, but have a lot of energy. And, um, you know, when I do my application, I go, uh, under the name, the Swedish ninja. Um, and it's this character that I kind of develop over the top energy, you know, in real life, I'm very mellow, you know, very down to earth, but you know, but the Swedish ninja is very charismatic, high energy. And, um, they love that. It makes a uh, uh, good TV. Oh, it makes great TV. Are you kidding me? And so, the, the, like the, the your first audition video, what what, what did you do? I'm like, uh, I, and yeah. I'm gonna imagine they embrace creativity too when it comes to yeah. that because it makes you stand out or whatever. Right, and like, what, I, you know, I have worked on my video editing skills over the years. And the first year I applied was uh, season seven. I actually didn't get called, um, and it was hard because you know you put your heart and soul into this application just for them to say no, we don't want you. And, um, you know, I was bummed out, but then just kind of reassessed and uh, changed some things up, adopted the, the Swedish ninja um, um, persona, and then just kind of, you know, said what I was about, but then kind of catered to um, what they want from an athlete. Um, and then got that call back for uh, season eight. And then, um, you know, have been lucky enough to been on the show multiple times. And then this summer will be my fourth time on the show for season 13. Wow. That's, and that's coming up. I mean, it is, yeah. So it, we're in season 13 right now. Um, it was a little bit different this year for uh, COVID reasons, but my episode airs July 5th. Um, and then that's where we'll have a few other Minnesota ninjas as well, I think, during that episode. Yeah. And when, when, when did you record that? Like, when was that actually taped? Yeah. So it is recorded early spring and it's a, you know, it's a, it's a summer show. Um, and so we, early April, went out to Tacoma, Washington, to the Tacoma Dome. Um, to film, which it, you know, the Tacoma Dome, um, for those that don't know, I would just say it's probably the lower level of the Metrodome. That's probably about how big it is. Um, but you have this huge, you know, stadium, this huge, you know, operation, lights, cameras, everything, no audience, nothing. So it was very surreal because I'm used to competing in front of this huge audience. Um, and it was just very quiet. It was very they different. They didn't even have the, the bystanders holding the signs and yelling. And nothing, nothing. What they did have, Weird. though, was you were able to choose um, three groups of friends and family who were able to stream in and watch your uh, run live. And then from a camera from your computer, you were projected on these huge screens on the sidelines. And so I was able to hear my wife. I was able to see my infant son. Um, but I didn't have the raucous crowd that is usually uh, there. So if you come, if you did that in, in March or, or in the spring yep. in Tacoma, yep. uh, and I'm doing the math on how old your son is, I mean, that must have been a new yeah. birth, right? Well, okay. So I my wife went into labor uh, February 22nd. While she was in labor, NBC called me to say, hey, we want you back on Ninja Warrior. And I'm just like, oh, my goodness. I thought I wasn't getting called back for the show. Um, and I was like, I'm going to have this child. It's OK. I'm going to take it off here from Ninja. They called me. I put the producer on with my wife. And she's like, I'm in labor right now. And the producer's like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. 
Um, but you know, over the years I've, you know, gotten to be good friends with the producers and everything. He got a kick out of that. Um, so it was a lot of juggling of both, um, you know, keeping my son alive and keeping him uh, thriving and then training for Ninja Warrior. And at the same time, I took the boards, board exam for my physician assistant uh, schooling. So it was a busy couple months, but yeah. it was all good things. Though. What a machine, man, dude, yeah. <laughs> you're just, just like, wow. Uh, yeah. good for you. And what a memorable, uh, you know, yeah. like what a memorable uh, phone call. Right. <laughs> it really was giving labor. Uh, <laughs> ironically, Leaf named his son Ninja. Uh, no, I'm oh, yeah, exactly. No, I'm the salmon ladder, actually the salmon ladder Sunberg. Yeah. Really there it is. No, but like, I, I think the reason Leaf, why you've been on the show and why you've had staying power and why they keep calling you back to do it, um, is that you've had success. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that that's part of it. If you're yep. tanking every time. OK, they're thanks, not going to call you back. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and, and that's been huge. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I can kind of speak on that. You know, the, the first season I competed, um, it, it was awful. I fell in the balance obstacle, like three obstacles in. It was just not a great experience. And the biggest thing is I wasn't having fun. I was just so nervous. You know, I was having tunnel vision during my run and um, season 10 when it was the next time I got the call back. And that was actually in Minneapolis here. It was right in front of U.S. Bank Stadium. They kind of had it set up on the plaza. And I just made an effort to say, I'm going to have a lot of fun doing this. I'm going to rev up the crowd. Um, how I revved up the crowd was I had a bunch of Swedish fish in my hands and I threw that at the crowd. They went nuts. And I kind of uh, built that other uh, energy into my run. And um, that night, you know, that was 100 competitors for that initial qualifier episode. I got third, which was great. Ended up going out on the finals. Um, but it was a great experience. And then uh, season 11 is the next time I was back and I was in Tacoma. And, you know, I don't consider myself a speedy ninja, um, but I ended up getting first in the yeah. qualifiers. I, I think was, I remember that one. You shredded, yeah. dude. I was the first ninja in oh, four or five seasons to finish a qualifier course in under a minute. It was a pretty huge um, you know, deal for the show and for myself. And that kind of really propelled me into the, I don't want to say the elite category of ninjas, but it, you know, worked my tier list up there a little yeah, bit. Yeah. The upper put, echelon for put sure. Me in the, put me in the conversation. And um, uh, unfortunately kind of went out early, uh, later on in the competition, but that kind of solidified me within the show as, you know, this guy is, you know, serious business, he knows what he's doing. And um, like, along with that, you know, just keeping up my energy, keeping, you know, things interesting in my life to, again, have the show talk um, on my behalf, you know, not just my athletic prowess, but then, you know, he's interesting beyond Ninja as well. Yeah, no doubt. And, and like you talk about the competition and is that how supportive is that community? And, and, and it mm -hmm. seems like you guys are kind of, you know, really rah-rahing each other, but, but also deep down, I would imagine there's like, uh, you know, some, <laughs> some ridiculous competitiveness that comes out too, right? right? You know, it is such a tight knit community and that's what just makes it so special. You know, the, it's, it's a second family for me is my ninja family, you know, guys I train with. And um, every time we go to a competition for the show, it is like a family reunion. I see guys that I haven't seen in a while from, you know, all parts of the country and all walks of life. And, you know, it is an independent competition, but we don't necessarily see it like me versus the ninja next to me. We see it more as us versus the course. Um, because our su success is determined solely on how we do, not necessarily how someone next to us does. Um, because in the first couple um, stages of the, you know, the qualifier and the finals, it is, you know, the top three, the top 15 that move on. But when you move to Las Vegas, you keep going until you fall. 
And so there's four stages in Las Vegas. Um, they don't take the top competitors to move on. It's you just keep going until you fall. And um, that's kind of where, you know, it's the, it's competitive. And, you know, when we're, you know, doing competitions that, yeah, we're, you know, competing with each other, but ultimately that um, if it, everyone completed the course, everyone would win. Yeah. And so that's what it kind of comes down to. Yeah. And yeah, that makes sense that the, uh, the biggest competitor is the course itself. Is there yeah, a prize, yeah, is yeah. There a prize money leaf? Do you, do you make money off of this? You know, not enough money to make a living off it, but right. there is, you know, little prize money kind of, um, you know, sprinkled in here and there, you know, for the qualifier and finals episodes, um, um, they do top three payouts. So the top three fastest times get um, a thousand $2,000, And then when you make it to Las Vegas, you know, each stage you move on, you do get a little uh, money. And then ultimately, if you finish everything, if you conquer the fourth stage, which is Mount Midoriyama, you do get the million dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, with that being said, the show is in its 13th season, and we've had two people do that. Right. So it's not like an every season kind of thing. It's pretty rare for that to happen. Yeah, no doubt. And, and, and then like, are you, you talked about lining up on the, on the start line, your first season and, and having mm -hmm. tunnel vision and <laughs> being totally yeah, nervous. Yeah. I would imagine that's a huge part of it because it's just like, you get, you get your, you, you do all this training. Right. And right. then it comes down to the, and you even train the course, right. Probably. Right. You got to look at the course and, and, and do it a couple of times before nope. you go. Or, no, no, not at all. No. Oh, wow. So that's, that's, the, the hardest part of Ninja War is you don't get to touch the obstacles until it's your run. Oh, and dude. they have these new obstacles that we have never seen. You don't know how they're going to feel. You don't know how they're going to work. And each season, each obstacle gets more mechanically complex with a lot of moving parts. It's something that you can't necessarily replicate in the gym. Um, and, you know, I'll say the, the, the biggest problem are the balance obstacles you know, we have these top competitors every year go out on balance obstacles because it is, you know, kind of a roll of dice a lot of times, you know, again, if you're misfoot, you have a little misfooting and, um, you know, it doesn't take much to uh, take a, a swim in the, uh, the water there. So um, that's probably the biggest problem um, is you don't have any muscle memory to work with. That's crazy. Cause I thought yeah. it was like golf where like, you know, you get no, you can't no practice. Oh, if, it, if we could do that, man, that would be great. Have um, a few practice <laughs> rounds and get like, get exactly. know where the, where the pitfalls are. And what so how, yeah, how it works. Um, I'll kind of give the listeners kind of a, a, a clue into how um, the operation uh, goes, you know, they'll take the entire group and they'll walk us one obstacle at a time. They'll demonstrate the obstacle once for us. And we can ask questions like, can we do this? Can we do that? Um, but they have this entire rule set. You can do this, can't do that. And then um, that's it. You know, you know, don't get to touch anything until it's on your run. So it's, you know, a big part of my success is uh, visualization. You know, prior to my run, I'll just kind of go off by my side and kind of do some meditative practices, just trying to imagine every, um, you know, every, you know, like, uh, I guess, um, variable that i can imagine and so when it does occur hopefully i have something to work with and some of these obstacles it is like <laughs> it's almost like the producers are trying to top themselves each year like oh yep. like, oh, oh you know I, I, I would love to be in that room where they're trying to concoct the next obstacle um, that's, right. that's just gonna send you guys spiraling they, um, the, oh my goodness they get crazier and crazier every year i look at seasons past like or the early seasons like season eight the obstacles were just so basic and so easy at that time difficult but the the spurs evolved so much and i think my favorite thing is that you can actually submit an obstacle idea to the show they have a contest every year where they'll um you know ask for these uh, um you know designs for obstacles and they will take these obstacle ideas that like a 
six-year-old will do just like this crayon on paper you know kind of uh very um, poorly put together but they're able to get something from it to create this you know extravagant obstacle that we have to face yeah uh and i would imagine there's a lot of rejections there too oh yeah very much yes, <laughs> like yes, yes. oh no we can't drop them into a pit of fire if they fall. No, no there's no can't. fire no piranhas yet anyways <laughs> So, uh, yeah. No, but some of these obstacles, like, like it starts off like doable, right? So it kind of gets you into mm -hmm. it. You run across right. a balance beam or whatever, uh, whatever yeah. it is like, you yeah. know, and so then it's, it's on. Right. And then it's, yeah. it's, it seems like it just gets progressively uh, more and more just harsh and, and mean. Absurd. <laughs> yeah, they do. Absurd. Very much. Yeah. Yeah. No, but it just it it really does. It just tests every bit of you. And, and, and are there, are there things that you just, when you're doing them, you're just like, oh, I'm screwed or like, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. So, you know, prior to the competition, you know, we, we fly out to whatever city and then we're just, you know, hoping and praying, like, hopefully that this particular obstacle isn't there. Hopefully it's this obstacle that, you know, I know how to do the one obstacle that we all hated scene and they actually took it off the show was an obstacle called the rolling log in which we have this huge cylinder that you have to wrap your arms and your legs around and it spins down a track and then flings you off um we hated that obstacle because can you imagine that you know you got this obstacle and you have to face the next obstacle while you're dizzy um and then we had a lot of injuries on that so that was the one obstacle that we all hated seeing um and then the balance obstacle that we have a balance obstacles that we love seeing and the others that we uh despise and so it's always a roll of dice what um course we go up against yeah is that warp wall how hard is the warp wall i mean it just seems it, like it it yeah. seems like so it's I'm, really hard you know, I'm, I'm a tall i'm actually on the show i'm a giant I'm six two. I'm not really tall as an athlete, but in the Ninja Warrior world, I am very tall because the you know average athlete is probably about you know five six five seven. For me, the warped wall isn't that bad, sixteen feet. Um, but we do have people come into our Ninja Warrior gym who you know enjoy watching the show, and they go, "That's not the warped wall, right?" I'm like, yeah, that's the show's warped wall, and they're like, "It looks so much smaller on TV." And when mm. we see it in person, it is towering. Um, and you know the you know the the success rate of the warped wall is pretty high on the show. Um, but they did add the mega wall, which is, you know, two feet taller than the regular warped wall. And that is a beast. Do you get um, hurt doing this? Yeah. Well, the, the warped wall or just ninja in general? Just, just ninja in general. Like I, I would imagine the injury, you talk about overuse yeah. injuries in, in training, yep. but like actually doing the course, it seems like there's, there would be a lot of things that could go wrong the, for, for an athlete. Yeah. The ninja warrior competition um on the show you know we do get a good number of injuries again because you don't have that muscle memory to work with and so you do something it doesn't feel right you fall and you don't know how to land you hurt yourself um you know there i will say that there aren't any necessarily major injuries mm -hmm. um but you know there have been you know a good number of um, a, lot of, a lot of people hit their heads on stuff so you get a lot of head lacerations a lot of rolled ankles um and um, you know, maybe a, a concussion kind of thrown in, thrown in there. Um, but you know, overall, um, you know, fu funny enough, I, I will say this, I had a good friend go up the warped wall in the last season. And as he was coming down, he, uh, uh blew out his Achilles. And so I will say there are some yeah. more trauma-based, uh, um, injuries kind of sprinkled in. Yeah. And, but you're, you would, you do have a chance to watch the other competitors before you go on the course or do you? In years past, we did, you know, how it works is there's a holding pen for all the ninjas and they'll take about five ninjas kind of into the on deck circle. And, yeah. and then that's where you start your run. Um, and so before the, um, the pen that we were in, you could see the course. 
because of COVID this year, we were completely separated from the course. And so you got to see maybe one or two people ahead of you go, and then you were out there. Um, And so again, it was this kind of unknown um, factor that, you know, made things very difficult. Do do you, are there times where you surprise yourself? Like, whoa, I got through that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. Yeah. So I I did sign an NDA this year, uh, non-disclosure agreement. If I do say anything about my run, NBC will find me. Yeah. Don't say anything about this season. I won't. I will say um, something happened on my run this year that was pretty amazing okay you know, I, I had a, a a quite the save okay that's um, all just leave it at that, that. i'll, I'll leave it at that yeah, yeah, i, I yeah, won't yeah, go in, yeah. I'll, I'll i'll leave the listeners on a, a cliffhanger there so there are times the when you surprise yourself basically yes. are there times where you're just like i cannot believe i choked on that like yep. or, or like where you very do much fail and it's just like what that of all the, things got me the, you know exactly you know, it's just so frustrating too because you get you get this one shot you do all this training and you fail and then you're like you know you know, nine times out of 10, this would be a walk in the park. And it was just that one time for whatever reason that it just didn't feel right. And, you know, something just kind of slipped as you're trying to complete an obstacle. And that's what happened in my Tacoma run for two years ago, as I fell on an obstacle called the lightning bolts, which is a bar based obstacle. It's my wheelhouse. I love bar based obstacles, like the salmon ladder. And I ended up falling on it. And you just see my stunned look in the water, looking up and just like, wait, I'm in the water right now. How, how is this happening? Yeah. I'm just completely stunned. And Cause it is one run and you're done. Yep. Right. I mean, yeah. That's I mean, it. Yeah, one run. And, and that's to me, that's what makes it appealing or compelling or like it just puts you on the edge of your seat as a viewer more because mm-hmm. you know that it, if you, if you go in the water or if you don't, you know, com- complete something or you fall, it's, it's, that's, that's it. I mean, they're yep. done. Like those, those dreams, the, it's like, <laughs> there's something about seeing that sort of harsh drop off. Like, Oh my yeah. gosh, that's, that's gut wrenching. It and, is. But, it, but it makes, it makes for better television. Exactly. It does. And, and, you know, it is always hard to see, you know, you got the ninjas that you root for as a ninja myself, I've got my favorite ninjas. And when I see them fall, I'm just, you know, absolutely heartbroken. Cause I know how big of a deal it is for them. And a lot of people do make their livings off ninja warrior and so for them to fall is just um, gut-wrenching um, for them yeah yeah and the, again they do they do play up the personality so they well do. they all so much which just again, makes makes for great tv it does it does you need heroes you need villains you need all that stuff you need exactly. you need doodles. uh <laughs> yeah and so I, I man i'm so excited to watch so when can people check out the swedish ninja leaf sunberg uh, Minnesota's own on on <laughs> this on his fourth season season fourth 13 season. ultimately here for for American Ninja Warrior when, so when a Ninja Warrior um, is on Monday nights uh, eight central and then my episode will be July 5th and then we'll see if I move on or not to the later episodes but they'll be the first episode they'll be on Wow. Continued success. I just, I just, I'm thrilled that you were able to make it happen this year, despite, you know, all the craziness of, of not only the past year, but, but mm-hmm. the past year of your life, which was <laughs> incredibly uh, challenging and fun, I would imagine and exciting. Um, so mm-hmm. uh, awesome. I'm happy for you, dude. I can't wait to watch and uh, yeah, let's, let's keep it going, man. Let's keep this. I know you got a day job, right? Like everybody else. Yeah, I do. You're working as a physician assistant. So uh, the days are long, but again, uh, Ninja Warrior, you know, keeps me sane, you know, keeps me fit and uh, keeps me out of trouble. So and it I keeps really us entertained. It. it keeps us yeah, entertained there you go. for sure. Uh, <laughs> Lee Sunberg, thank you so much, man. Perk, thank you so much for having me on. 
That'll do it for this episode of Perkett Pod. We want to thank our partners, Audio Wiz, Justin Bailey, theme song by Taylor Robert. Keep listening weekly for another episode with Minnesota sports influencers and icons on Perkett Pod. Feel free to share this podcast. Give us a simple subscribe click. It doesn't cost you a thing. Heart us, rate us, double tap us, whatever you want. And until next time, remember, shine bright. Don't be afraid to be weird and open your hearts to inclusion. Peace. Perk and Pond, sometimes he's at play. Perk and Pond, find out what he'll say. Perk and Pond, who's coming on today?